You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. Hello, shalom, and welcome back. You are listening to Torah Sparks. You probably knew you were listening to that because I'm sure you clicked on it. Unless you by accidentally clicked on it, you meant to click on a different podcast. So if you accidentally clicked on this Torah Sparks podcast, I'm your host, Ori Strom, and I welcome you to Torah Sparks. Thank you so much for being here. Really exciting stuff for you guys today. And it's exciting because these are things that I can connect to and relate to, and I hope that you will as well. Let's jump right in. So this week's Parsha is Va'eschanan, okay? It's a mouthful, Va'eschanan. Yeah, it's got a lot of syllables in there. It's actually, it's it's got a lot of A's in there when you spell in English, Va'eschanan, right? There's a, I actually recently looked up what is the longest word that has the most A's in it. And interestingly enough, there is a Greek food made from fish eggs, and it is called teramasalata, spelled T-A-R-A-M-A-S-A-L-A-T-A, okay? Uh, that is more of a mouthful than Vaschanan. But either way, jumping right in, Vaschanan contains 118 psukim. It contains 12 mitzvos, but these aren't just, you know, any mitzvos. Well, every mitzvah is obviously crucial and important and huge, but these are mitzvahs like when I tell you, uh, how about tzitzis or like, uh, you know, Shema or like loving Hashem or Torah study, you know, the unity of God, Yichud Hashem, all these like classics to fill in. You know, these are like huge major mitzvahs. And I do want to touch on a couple of them today. But I want to begin by relating and mentioning one of the greatest pranks that happened. And this was during a weekend in late November 2018. We all know there's a company called Payless Shoes, okay? And these shoes sell between 10 to 40 bucks, for a pair of shoes. So what they decided to do was they the company took over a former Armani store in Santa Monica, California. Okay, so it was an, it was in a very luxury ambiance type of place and they stocked the store with the Payless shoes, okay? So it was these cheap shoes. They changed the name from Payless to Pelasse and they even made, made a whole brand. They made up a fashion designer name called Bruno Pelasse and they made a fake Instagram account, a fake website, etc. And they had this whole grand opening, you know, for this for this new fancy shoe designer place and influencers the people from the fashion industry celebrities they came and they were checking out these shoes and they were looking at them lifting them them up oh my gosh look at these shoes and the people in the store asked you know what would you pay for something like this you know this is a brand new fancy what would you pay for these shoes and they said hundreds of dollars they, they were and some of them actually did some of the attendees actually shelled out a lot of money they hundreds of dollars for these shoes and again remember these were the very same shoes that sold for 10 to $40 when they were under the name Payless. And it just showed it was a crazy huge marketing success, a campaign that went viral for this Payless company. But it comes to show us something. And it's similar to the idea we spoke about last week, but it's this idea of presenting yourself as greater than perhaps maybe you are and associating yourself with that high standard of, and in this case, it was shoes. It was associating with that 
that higher standard, marketing the shoes in a way where even though they were just the regular Payless shoes, but wow, now they're Pelasse. Look how fancy they are. And it just comes to show you the human condition, how when we associate something with, wow, that's high up there. Wow, that must be expensive. Oh, it must be great quality. It must be a great shoe. So you're going to wear it. You know, I was thinking of another idea. You know, nowadays for when people create websites, which I'll just tag, um, you know, we do have a website called Torah Spark. So if you ever want to check it out and get the latest podcast or the written blog, you could print out to share at your, uh, at your Shabbos table or, you know, Thursday night dining room meal table, whatever it is. But um, so what people spend a lot of money on is called SEO, where you build up your ranking of your website to be able to rank high up in the Google search, right? Because we all know the Google on the bottom of the page, it's spelled G-O-O-O with a bunch of O's and each one represents a page, right? But how often, and be honest, how often have you actually went past the the first page to find something? You know, let's take uh, news stations, for example. Okay, so let's say you're searching something on the news and the top news stations uh, come up. There's, let's say, CNN, Fox News, Newsmax, uh, obviously Shiva World. We're not gonna get, we're not gonna forget that. And Matsu, throw that in, right? And then all of a sudden, let's say there's, a, I'm making this name up, but let's say there's another news station called News for You, right? But they, you know, they're just starting off and they're on the third page of Google. It's almost guaranteed they're not going to get a lot of traffic. But if they pay someone enough money and they get their SEO bumped up and they're able to get themselves and their company to be displayed on the very first page of the Google search engine, boom, you're going to hit the jackpot. You're going to get that traffic that you're looking for. So that's why it's worth it for companies to do that and try to get up there, you know, when in terms of SEO marketing and to get up there in the Google search rankings. And it's this idea also that you could be a small company and you, you know, you're just starting out. But if you get in the big leagues, if you get in that first page of Google, somehow you get the SEO marketing ranking to go up there and you're on that first page, you're a winner. You're going to get all, you're going to get a lot of traffic. And it's this idea when we associate ourselves with bigger things than, than who maybe we are, that it can lead to really good things. I was just thinking, you know, uh, when I was trying out for the NFL, that's a joke. I never tried it for the NFL. Okay, I'm the size of like the you know uh, NFL athlete's calf muscle. All right, but my point is like this: I love football. I love playing flag football. I had the privilege when I was younger in high school to play with my older brother. My older brother is about five years older than me, and he would have these games on Friday afternoons with his friends. They were all much older and bigger than me, but you know they needed an extra guy or two. So me and my twin brother, we would we would play along in that game. And I and I tell people all the time, not all the time, because how often do I tell people about this game? But I tell people, this was one of the game changers in my ability to play this sport. Because by playing with these guys who are bigger than me, better than me, you know, and 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 older than me, it actually made me a greater athlete. It made me into a better a better player. I'll never forget. There's a flag football league in Artusrol. A lot of the yeshiva guys playing it. It's called AFI. Thank you to Robert Kraft for donating the stadium and all. So my first year in the league, my first game in that league, I was a little bit nervous. Okay, I, I played some flag football in high school, but here I was going into this AFI. I know it was going to be bigger. It was under the lights for, uh, Saturday night, and the very first play of my career in AFI, it was a kickoff return. I was running. I was the on the defense team. And I kid you not, this guy, a friend of mine, actually, on the other team, he literally 
picked me up and he shoved me into the fence on the sideline. This was my opening taste into AFI football. And I was very upset, to be honest, but it was probably the best thing that happened to me. I played for the next two years and just the mentality of going in there realizing, oh my gosh, I could do this. The first play, I got shoved out to the side into a fence. I'm playing in the big leagues right now. And this is, this is big stuff. It made me into a better player. So that's this idea also. When we associate, when we play with bigger people, we become bigger. And I want to share with you, no, 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 I don't want to. And I need to share with you the following Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh on this week's parsha Eschanan. On the Pasuk, V'yadata hayom v'hashivosa el levavecha ki Hashem hu ahalaykim b'ashemaymi ma'al v'yal ha'aretz mitachas ein od. The Baal Shem Tov says something absolutely amazing. The Pasuk means today you should know and take to your heart that God is God in heavens above and on the earth below there is no other. So the Baal Shem Tov asks the following question, on the heavens which is above, and on the earth which is below. The obvious question is, Hello, Pasuk, what is, like, what's the Chiddush? In the heavens above, if you ask any first grader, he will tell you, you know where the heavens are? They are Mima'al, they are above. You know where the Aretz is? You know where the earth is? The ground is? That's Mitochas, that's down below. So what is the Torah adding? What is the Chiddush? What is it coming to tell us when it says, Bashamaya Mima'al? And the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh says something that is startling. He says something amazing. He, he connects it to our unique Avodas Hashem. And he says the following. He says that when in life, you know how to grow. You want to know how to be successful. Just just follow the guidelines of the Pasuk. When you're dealing with matters pertaining to heaven, when you're dealing with spiritual matters, matters pertaining to the Neshama, Torah, Yerushamayim, Mitzvos, when you're dealing with all of these types of ideas, then mima'al. Make sure to always associate yourself with people who are greater and bigger than you. You know why? Because you'll realize, oh gosh, I have more to do. I have more to accomplish, right? This goes back to the idea we were saying that if you're playing with bigger people than you, you'll realize, oh my gosh, I got to pick up my game. I got to make sure I'm playing well. I, I have to make sure I'm doing my part even better. But you know what happens when it comes to the physicality of this world, when it comes to the inyanim of Oilam Haze? You know what that, you know, you know where our focus has to be there? Mitachas, on the people below us, people who have less than us. Because this is the idea of of being, of being satisfied with a little bit, being sameach bechalko, being satisfied with what we have. So if someone looks at somebody who has a little bit less than him and he realizes, oh my gosh, I have so much good in my life, then that is a positive thing. So the Baal Shem Tov says, Bashamayim, when dealing with matters pertaining to heaven, then Mima'al, look to people who are greater than you, and then you'll, re- you'll be humbled by realizing how much more you need to do. But Vial Ha'aretz Mitachas, when dealing with Inyanim of this world, when it comes to money and monetary stuff, and when it comes to possessions and all of that jazz, so then Mitachas, look at people who are below you, look at people who have less than you, and then you'll realize how much you actually have yourself. And on that point of being Histapik Bemut, of being satisfied with a little bit, 
I saw a couple of years ago a fascinating 60 Minutes video that interviewed Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady is called the GOAT, okay? Not because he's got a goatee, not because he actually is a GOAT, not because he was involved in the Eagle Azad. No, none of that. You know why he's called the GOAT? Because GOAT stands for greatest of all time. He's one of the best football quarterbacks of all time. You know what he said? A reporter, again, this was several years ago, the reporter sat down with him and he talked about how he's married. He has he had three Super Bowl rings. He had a $16 million contract. He's the face in the NFL. And the reporter asked him, so Tom, you probably are extremely happy. You have everything anyone could ever dream about. And you know what Tom Brady replied? He said, if you would have told me seven years ago that before I married Giselle, before my Super Bowls, before all of this, I would have promised that if I actually got all of these things, I'll be the happiest man alive. But now that I'm actually there, I realize that there must be something more out there. And the reporter was shocked. He he didn't even know what to say. This is the idea of when it comes to arets related things, when it comes to the physicality of this world, you could be a Tom Brady, you could have it all, but there's still, you realize that it's still not enough. You realize, oh my gosh, there's got to be something more out there. So this is what the Baal Shem Tov is teaching us, is that when it comes to the physical things in this world, just be happy with what you have. But when it comes to the spirituality of this world, be hungry for more by realizing heavenly things, Torah, mitzvah, look at people above you, realize, oh my gosh, I'm just beginning my journey. I have so much more to do and to accomplish on this world. And that should be an exciting and invigorating idea. And I want to end by talking about one of the mitzvahs in this week's Parsha. And this is one of my favorite varts that I connect to. And it's the following, and it has to do with mezuzah. Because the mezuzah, I just find, uh, first of all, I've been learning about it. Second of all, I just find it so interesting, the word mezuzah, okay? The word mezuzah, ironically enough, means from the word zuz. You ever hear an Israeli say, zuz me po, right? Go away, move. It means to move. Zuz means to move. In fact, a zuz is a type of currency. Why? What's the connection between currency, which, by the way, is related to the word current, because it's constantly moving. Money goes from one hand to the next, from this store, from your pocket to that person's pocket from this place to that place money is constantly on the move inflation deflation whatever it is it's on the move okay so the mezuzah the root word is move now let me tell you something. There is a halacha called talabimakal. And you know the halacha of talabimakal when, when a mezuzah is hanging. For example, if it's hanging on a string or if it's hanging on one, on, you know, let's say a mezuzah just has the top screw in and it's, you know, you could fling the bottom of it. That mezuzah is puzzle. Okay. A mezuzah has to be, like we say in the bracha, likvaya mezuzah, right? You, you, I'm setting it in place. It's established. It's there. It's permanent. There's no moving, moving up. When a mezuzah moves, it's puzzle. It's so ironic then that the name mezuzah means zuz. It means to move. What the mezuzah can't move. What what is moving exactly? You know what the answer is. You know what the Rambam says. The Rambam says the mezuzah reminds you of the yichud Hashem, of the unity of Hashem as you enter and leave the house. Okay. So what does this mean? You know who's moving? It's not the mezuzah that's moving. It's not the mezuzah that's meant to move. The mezuzah stays affixed to the wall. It's you and I that's moving as we enter our home and kiss that mezuzah, as we leave our home and kiss that mezuzah and, and we go on our merry way for the day. 
We are taking the lessons and the holiness and the messages of what's contained inside that mezuzah with us, right? The mezuzah we know contains the Shema Yisrael, which is also in this week's parsha, which is the mitzvah of loving Hashem. When I leave my house in the morning, let me bring that kedusha. let me bring the love of God, let me bring the love of Hashem throughout the day with me and infuse my day, my work day, my base medrash day, my going to the grocery store day, my cake, taking my kids to school day. Whatever I'm doing in my day, I'm going to infuse it with the message that was contained in the mezuzah. The mezuzah is going to cause me to to move and to bring Hashem with me in my life. And you know what happens after a long day and we come home and enter back through that same door as we cross through that threshold and reach up again to kiss that mezuzah as we embark back into the house. You know, throughout the day, we might have experienced some negativity. We might have been with the Chavrusa who spoke a lot of Lashon Hara. We might have been at an office meeting and people were cursing. We might have been in places that we saw inappropriate things. Whatever it is, when we walk through that door, you know what the mezuzah is? The mezuzah is a filter. It reminds us, hey, all that negative stuff from the outside, keep that outside and come back in with the love of God. Come back in with that love of Hashem and infuse your, your home with Kedusha and infuse your day with Kedusha. And it's this back and forth of the mezuzah is causing us, the people, the Yidin to move. That's what's that's what's moving. And tying it all back together with the Baal Shem Tov. You know how we truly move in life? You know how we truly go places in life? It's when we live with the mindset of Bashemai Mima'al. When I connect to people who are bigger and greater than me, and therefore I'm humbled in my ways to improve and become better each day. And when I live by the arts mitachas, by looking at people who have less than me and realizing, oh my gosh, how much goodness I do have on this world, how much physical goodness I do have. And it's this duality, this histapkus bemut of being happy with what I have in the physical and being hungry for the spiritual that will really enable us to move and become bigger, better people. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.